This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back, BetQL Daily, right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Thursday. We'll give you an update on the Open where we sit, as a lot of our golfers out at St. Andrews. Round one, where our uh, picks lie in the uh, updated uh, standings here in the leaderboards. We'll get to all that and some thoughts of Shohei Otani and uh, Juan Soto in the NL and AL MVP races, how those guys are moving around the board odds-wise. Let's talk some NFL right now. Joining us on the Roman guest line, Jason Logan from Covers, at Covers, J-Lo, joining us here. Talk some NFL. Jason, welcome back to the show. And uh, let's start here. I know you've been doing a deep dive, some of the worst teams from last year. What's the best thing you found out about a bad team? Because we're always looking to you know, take things from last year, what we can grab, hold on to, maybe use it an advantage as we head to our next NFL season. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long week digging into some of these bottom feeder teams. But um, one thing that, that does show up amongst all these bad teams right now is that there's varying odds out there, varying win totals, and varying look-ahead lines for those books that do have odds out for every other game. And you see some major discrepancies in the spreads. I'm talking like as many as two, two and a half points in some cases. And around key numbers as well, too. You're seeing some teams are like the plus seven and a half, plus 10, plus five and a half, plus six and a half. So what that kind of tells me is that odds makers are having a little bit more difficult time locking down their ratings for these bottom tier teams. And if you have a strong opinion on a club like the Houston or Atlanta or the Jets, be it positive or negative, you can kind of shop around and you can find some advantageous lines that, that kind of match your opinions. Um, as for kind of specific good value on bad teams, um, I just did the Atlanta Falcons preview, and I think there's some value with them come the middle of the schedule. Atlanta has a really tough start to 2022. They face likes of the, the Rams, the Browns, the Bucks, 49ers, the Bengals. They play four of their first seven away from home. But things get much softer in week eight, and save for kind of a week nine matchup against the Chargers. Atlanta has some winnable games. They play Carolina twice, Chicago, Washington, and Pittsburgh before a bye in week 14. And then they only travel twice in that span. So that's a major downtick in terms of quality of QB phase um, compared to their start and the end of their schedule. And there's a good shot that Atlanta could be winless, like an 0-7 heading into that stretch. And that means those spreads are going to be so puffed up, maybe so much so that you, you can't help but take a look at Atlanta in those spots thing that you mentioned with some of those win totals so day by day we've been going over uh the, the divisions and talking about division odds and of course all these win totals for these teams and it's now the exception where you have a team that is the same win total across the board with all the sports books that we have available here in the states 
Why do you think that is? There's usually one that is off from the consensus. Is that the book's making an opinion? Is that some sort of very early liability, slow to move? What are some of those factors? Yeah, it could it could be liability where they've taken they've taken a lot of action. It could be kind of geographic as well too, depending on the sports book. It could be you know you always saw when they opened sports betting in New Jersey, you always saw a ton of action on the Giants and the Jets and the Eagles and stuff, and it kind of skews it. But I think, like I said, just uh, individual odds makers do have different ways of rating teams, and when it comes to these bottom tier teams, it's very hard to figure out how bad, just how bad they're going to be. And, Usually some of the lower win totals out there, I think, are like maybe four and a half, five. And we, you know, we'll see three win teams. Um, so I, I think that part of it part of it may be the betting action, public perception of that. But they're just hard teams. And as I've dug into these previews and, and betting breakdowns for these teams, they're really, really hard to get a hold of and, and a handle of. So I think it all there's a few factors playing into those varying odds. We've talked a little bit about worst to first candidates. Um, who do you like? What teams do you really like to, you know, make that leap this season? Um, well, the NFC East is kind of always a crapshoot, and I'm a Cowboys fan, so I know how that goes up and down. And I'm not as down on Minnesota as some people are, but that's not necessarily a worst to first situation. I think the window is open for the Jacksonville Jaguars to make a move in the AFC South. Uh, whether they do that or not, I don't know. But it, like I said, it's kind of set up well for them. The Colts have another starting QB, which seems to be you know the standard for them since Andrew Luck retired. Tennessee, to me, is bound for regression. This is a team that has kind of been consistent but hasn't been able to get over the hump. They lose the receiver. Uh, Derrick Henry's durability is in question, and uh, they're they're still two years removed from from losing Arthur Smith as their OC. And then Houston is Houston. So you know, I thought Jacksonville made a very smart hire in Doug Peterson. I thought he was unfairly canned by the Eagles. Uh, you've got Trevor Lawrence, who I expect to have a, a better season. They have a pretty solid top seven on defense. And then you kind of have to throw out last year, in a sense, because of the whole Urban Meyer nonsense as well. And mm-hmm. Peterson's kind of the opposite of that, a very much a player-friendly coach. Their schedule ranks out 26 in SOS, but they do have some tough travel spots. They have some clump road trips. But a little bit of maturation. They definitely tighten the bolts, things like limiting turnovers, which is something that just killed them last year. That's going to be vital to their success, whether that's ATS or otherwise. Jason, you mentioned um, the Eagles and, you know, kind of the unfair firing about Doug Peterson a couple of years ago. And then, you know, you kind of look at the Eagles last year and what they did, their turnaround. A lot of that was uh, quarterbacks they faced down the stretch of that season. I mean, they faced a lot of bad quarterbacks. It helped them kind of get themselves back on track with a new coaching staff. When you look at quarterback strength of schedule, number one, how big of a deal is it? And, and do you notice anything this year with certain teams that just have a run of suspect quarterbacks that could maybe boost their win total a little bit? Yeah, Q, QBSOS, and I, I did my own little QBSOS. I, I am by no means a math genius, so I just kind of ranked every starting or, or projected starter, one through five. I had half values in there, so you can have like a one and a half, two and a half, three and a half. And I just kind of added th- those up alongside of the schedule and then compared what the standard SOS tells us versus what my QBSOS was telling me. And, and for the most part, a lot of teams pretty comparable in terms, you know, if they're playing tough teams and the SOS is good, generally those teams have good quarterbacks. But there are some teams out there that have either a very light SOS, standard SOS versus their QB SOS team, like the Denver Broncos, 15th toughest schedule according to the, the standard SOS, but tied for second in, in QB SOS, which is not a big surprise. They play in that AFC West, which is now just loaded with Russell Wilson on board. But teams like Tennessee, 24th in SOS, but 
uh, tied for fifth in my QB SOS. The Patriots, 16th in SOS, tied for fifth in my QB SOS. The Dolphins as well, too. 21st toughest schedule, but 10th in terms of my quality of, of quarterback space. Uh, and there's a few other teams, too, that, that are kind of on the flip of this. It seems like Arizona has the second toughest schedule, according to the standard strength of schedule, but 17th in my QB SOS. New Orleans as well, uh, 7th, tied for 7th in standard SOS, but just 22nd in QB SOS. So it, it's, a, it's a great way to kind of take a different look at the schedules. And because the league is so path-happy and so quarterback-driven, it's almost like starting pitchers when you're handicapping baseball. You have to kind of start there. And quarterbacks have so much uh, sway in the turn of the way that these games are, are played and in the outcomes that uh, I, I, you know, trying to find that uh, little extra value in the schedule can can really help. Uh, Jason, I'm not sure where you are in performance work. Uh, have you done anything with the leaders have been out there, like passing yards, rushing yards, receiving yards. Those have been out there for a while. And I, and I noticed a, a number of books are starting to post over on unders on, on yardage touchdowns, interceptions, stuff like that. A- anything that uh, s- stood out or any anything that you find bettable right now? Yeah, I, I like, I, I, we've talked about this before. I'm not a giant futures guy. I just you know, I don't like hanging my cash up for that long. But um, Patrick Mahomes, most touchdown passes out there. Uh, uh, some books have it as high as plus 900. Some books have it as low as plus 550. So really shop around there. Uh, but I like Mahomes' most passing touchdowns at plus 900. And I like his over touchdowns at 34.5, which is minus 120. Again, you can kind of shop around and find some better uh, prices on those. But, uh, you know, at plus 900, he's the fourth guy down that list. And everyone's kind of overreacting to the loss of Tyree Kill. And Tyree Kill is awesome. But what they brought in for Kansas City is just this big, bad receiving core. Like, you look at these guys, it, it looks more like a basketball team than anything. They, they went and grabbed Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scanling. Those are two big guys. Smith-Schuster, six foot one. Uh, MVS is six foot four. Um, they grabbed an, an undrafted free agent, Justin Ross. He's six foot four. They still Travis Kelsey, the best tight end out there, six foot five. Josh Gordon, whether he makes the final roster or not, six foot three. Uh, that's a ton of size. And what it really helps them is it helps them in the red zone because basically you can just kind of box out and throw these jump balls and those contested passes. And that as good as Patrick Mahomes and his KC offense has been, they haven't been elite in terms of TD percentage inside the red zone. You look at their past three seasons, 11th, 16th, and 11th in touchdown percentage when inside the red zone. And they've failed to average uh, 30 or more points in those three seasons. So perhaps kind of leaving some points on the table when they get inside the red zone. And then you've got have, you know, speedsters like Hardman and you've got Sky Moore, uh, you know, much hyped rookie. A lot of people comparing him to Julian Edelman, which is a great thing. And then you have a great ca- uh, pass catching back in terms of CEH. So a lot of targets there. Uh, I'm expecting a, a big season from Mahomes. I, I like his, his over 34 and a half touchdown passes. And at plus 900, I'd take him to lead the league in passing for sure. Sorry, Are passing. there any? Are there any takeaways or any areas that maybe you've learned from in past seasons that you might be looking to exploit this year? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, 
I mean, there's always kind of lessons to pass along. One bet that I will say that I, I pretty much make blindly every year is I bet the Denver Broncos in their home opener. Um, so the Broncos have gone 19-3 and three straight up, 14-4-4 and four ATS in the first home game of the season since 2000. Uh, that includes that they, they just waxed the Jets last year, 26 nothing. They covered 10 points, uh, week three last year. But it's, it's a trend that has a narrative. And, you know, a lot of trends are really garbage. But any trend with narrative or a trend with teeth is, is something I, I like to say. Um, it's an early season game in the thin air and mile high. And you have visiting teams still working their way into game shape. So there is kind of a narrative as to why the Broncos would be that dominant in those home openers. This year, Denver plays Houston in week two. Uh, this is a spread that's already jumped from Broncos minus 10 to minus 10 and a half. Uh, it could go up even more, too. You have the Broncos playing Seattle in week one of Monday Night Football. I think Russell Wilson's going to want to show us there. Not a lot of high expectations for Seattle. And then Houston is a seven-and-a-half-point home dog to the Colts. Uh, we always see those those knee-jerk reactions to week one results. So uh, this one could keep climbing. So uh, if you do like that Broncos trend, you know, if the 10 is out there, grab it. Ten-and-a-half might be the best that you're going to get right now. Jason, um, obviously you've done some work and, and kind of thought, you mentioned uh, Mahomes and the prop in Denver week two. What, what's your big picture thought on that division? It's fascinating. I mean, there's so much star power there. I mean, you can make a real case. The worst quarterback is Derek Carr, and he might be a top 10-ish guy, maybe top 13 or wherever people rank Derek Carr, but he's a good quarterback, and he's the worst in that division because of the other star power there. Um, what's your thought right now, you know, a couple months from the start of the season on the AFC West? Someone's got to finish last. There's probably a team – that's going to finish with a losing record or maybe right around that 500 spot because there's so many good teams. How would you handicap the AFC West as we sit here before camp? Um, I, I would say take a good long look at the, at the LA chargers just because you can get a pretty good price on them right now. The win division, they're anywhere out there from like plus 220 to plus 250. Um, and in terms of, of going back to that QB SOS, um, like I said, a lot of those, a lot of those AFC West teams rank very, very high in QBSOS. The, um, the Chiefs, I think, were what Chiefs were first in the QBSOS. Denver was tied for second. Las Vegas tied for fourth. And while the Chargers are up there, no, again, yeah. two for two I was, today. I was so excited to see what he thought about the West. Seems, seems like he's in the Chargers, so. I feel like Quick Link's just bitter. We're moving to a new system, so they're just going to let us have it the next two days. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Gertz, what are your thoughts on Quick Link? <laughs> uh, okay, so we'll try to get him back up, but um, if not, yeah, we got a couple seconds here to go before we, uh, we we go to our next segment. But a couple of interesting things there. Texans, uh, I, I thought that was interesting, his angle on the Broncos, take the home opener now. And he, it makes sense. Like, if yeah. he's right, right, if, there, if Wilson and the Broncos blow the Seahawks out in week one, and let's say the Texans look bad against the Colts, that number is going to jump, right? That 10 number, whatever it is, Broncos, Texans, week half, two. Yeah. yeah, that'll go to 12 or 11, right? You're, you're going to lose that number. I it, loved that. Yeah, yep. it kind of reminded me of the other trend, how the Ravens always win in preseason, like yeah. little things like that, you know. So um, that this is one of the stronger trends. I'm not a trends guy either. I agree with everything you had to say about trends. But this one, it makes sense. There's something behind it. It's adjusting to that air early in the season. And while the Broncos have been practicing in it for months mm -hmm. at that point, uh, it makes sense. It's it's not only the home opener. Now, this year they start on the road. But sometimes we have seasons where it's weeks one and two both at home. I 
I would say I think the trends that suggest that it works for both of those games, early season home games. So if you want to bring it to week three versus San Francisco, that's going to be an awesome game. Maybe maybe you want to consider that. But I, I wonder, you know, San Francisco, they're so smart. A lot of times when it's in a big time adjustment, they go places early right. or when mm-hmm. they have back to back East Coast games, they stay out there. So it wouldn't surprise me if they got there early in the week. I feel like last year, if I met my memory serves, and they play like the Jets in their first home game, like they and they always seem to have soft teams early too. I, I don't know if that's just anecdotally in my head. It, the trend works; it is proven. You're probably right, Joe, about the thin air, and they they practice in it all summer. But it always also feels like they get a layup, like they get the Texans at home in their home opener. Like that's mm. yeah, I, I'm in on the Broncos there. That right. that that's a good spot, and that might mean the Bron- the Broncos are off to a good start. Seattle week one, Texans week two. Could be uh, an early start for Wilson and the Broncos. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth will come back and we'll get to the leaderboard in the in the open out in St. Andrews. Where are we right now? And a little bit of thoughts on the MLB MVP markets next on BeckQL Daily. You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. 